And we are live, episode four of The Morning Tilt. And for our three listeners in España, welcome to The Morning Tilt, cuatro episodio. <laughs> we are here, we are here on a Wednesday. We just had some conversation just for logistic reasons. We thought that Wednesday would be a preferable day to film, record, just for COVID protocols. NFL's been jumping around playing with our balls so we just figured out Wednesday would be a safer bet to record we just finished up watching Steelers Ravens and you know Steelers came out with the win but I'm pretty pissed off because Corey can't stop smiling it's like pretty fucking annoying um but before we get into the goodies let's run it back Rob Rafa weekends give me the details any COVID plans sweats fill me in so much has changed since the last time <laughs> we hung out. Um, I recently started playing solitaire, um, <laughs> yeah. and I've actually been doing this new thing where I time myself on how fast I can win, and then I bet against myself on if I can ba- break that record. Um, it's Try it. It's, it's I'm not even sure I comprehended what you just said. <laughs> so in other words, you had the worst week of your life. <laughs> Rafa, <laughs> you want to hear about my weekend? This is how it goes every single weekend in football season, okay? I go to bed Friday night. I wake up Saturday morning. I plug in my college ticket. It loses. I plug in another one. It loses. I make a desperation play. It's a 50-50 ball. I go to bed. I wake up Sunday and I watch the NFL. What else is there That's to do? A, it's a dream weekend. In, in all su- I mean, it, it's crazy. I, I took a stroll down Queen Street. Again, we record from Toronto, Ontario. And, uh, you know, I do have to give a shout out. It's a tough time right now to be a small business owner. I uh, took, a, took a stroll on a Saturday night 6 p.m and you know these small businesses are are struggling Mm -hmm. so um you know i I just want to give a shout out to all the small businesses keep grinding keep your head in it um you know we're going to proceed all of our donations that we've been getting over the last couple weeks to the small businesses so um you know i I couldn't believe it i mean it's crazy um yeah it's, it's definitely messy out there um you know not a lot of plans you know at this time of year well it's winter but you know, summer months, as we get closer to fall, we'd be going out with our friends. We'd be going downtown Toronto, seeing what's up, having a good time. But now I'm in the same boat as Rafa. I go to bed on Friday. I wake up Saturday. I don't move till 7 p.m. And then I get up, have some dinner and then don't move till 12. And then Sunday's the same story. Um, but Saturday was quite the day. We saw Trevor Lawrence back in action on Clemson. He looked amazing. Um, Notre Dame's defense um, just stopping Sam Howell and that North Carolina offense like it was nothing. Alabama rolls as they always do, and Ohio State. What uh, what can we make of their COVID issues? Because I, I don't know if they're going to qualify. I, I read a report I the other so day either. that said if they don't play their next two games, and they will not qualify for the championship game, which leaves an opportunity for Kyle Trask led Florida Gators, Texas oh, A&M. Bearcats maybe. Oh, the Bearcats. <laughs> Zach, Wilson, the Bearcats. Zach Wilson, BYU. <laughs> Jesus. Well, he can get in based on looks alone. <laughs> the committee's got to take that into consideration, huh? I don't. I have no idea what the committee does. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do they do? Can you imagine being in the committee? Like, I feel like it's just like us sitting around a table. Like, yo, who do you think was gonna good yeah, last like, week? Dude, <laughs> like, who should we give a, a playoff spot I'm to? I'm just. I'm thinking like, who are like? I, and if I don't, I, you guys might know who are they? Like, who actually I think they're are they? like athletic directors of schools? Have they ever played football? No, no, no. They they're like probably a bunch of dorks. 
It's literally <laughs> an like an out like a bunch of dorks. Yeah. A bunch of dorks are looking at absolute animals on the I field just imagine like and a bunch determining of their yeah. It's like sixty five year olds. Yeah, maybe. like I'm envisioning like, like Clemson comes out in the purple. Look you see the, the you purple. see the purple jersey. Lawrence's flow in the purple. Comes crazy. out in the purple and they go up. Oh. They're number, number one. <laughs> number, number two seed, easily. Can you imagine if they just took, like, ex-NFL players and they were the committee? Like you had, like, Ed Reed, Peyton Manning. That would be so cool. Like, I feel like this is almost like a political thing. Like, you look at – everyone's like, they should be younger. Like, I feel like it's like 30 Joe Bidens, like, deciding, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, 18-year-old athletes that's get exactly to play in the championship it game. It's ridiculous. That's exactly what it is. In, in all seriousness, though, like, last week, college, my God, there were some crazy games. I don't know if you guys saw um, Oklahoma State, the Texas Tech game. My goodness. Yeah, that I was one, second in that game. That was one of the craziest endings I've ever seen. I'll, I'll comment on it right now. I took Texas Tech plus 11. Uh, first of all, they were up the whole game. They – Onside they still kick. covered, though, yeah? Listen uh, to yeah, this. Yeah. Listen to this. They were down, I believe it was maybe tw- 18 with a minute left. And Texas Tech was running with the ball. And no, sorry. I need to flip that. Oklahoma State was up six with three minutes left. And Desmond Jackson, who's the running back on Oklahoma State, was to the house by the defense 20 yards back. He could have gone to the house to cover minus 11 and a half. Does the talk early. Oh, takes a knee, does the, does the Nick Chubb and covers for the back door. I was, I'm getting a Desmond Jackson jersey. <laughs> like, fuck those players. Like, it doesn't fuck. make any sense. It like, makes and no especially sense. You're in college. Like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> like you'd probably score that touchdown, go back to campus and, like, go nuts with, like, all the Literally, girls. That one like, touchdown could be the difference of your draft in, like, round two or Literally, seven. Literally, the scouts don't give a fuck <laughs> if you took a knee on the one. Um, what really stood out to me was, as badly as I hate to admit this, but Notre Dame's defense, it was a very, very highly predicted score i know kree rob's been all over notre dame in that defense i just hate ian book their quarterback but that defense sam howell was throwing like four or five tds a game north carolina was a very very scary offense going in and after the first two drives where north carolina scored two touchdowns they held them to a complete halt i think they scored a field goal after that i think the final was like 23 17 something along those lines but that was very impressive i think they're locked in for a playoff spot after that performance, even if they lose to Clemson in the uh, Big Ten, in the uh, sorry, the ACC championship game, I think you're right. I, I would say schedule like mark your schedules for that game. Uh, it'll probably be undefeated Notre Dame versus a healthy Clemson game for the ACC championship. That's going to be a hell of a football game, whether you watch college or not. Um, it's going to be you know the high flying Trevor Lawrence led offense versus that tough defense that you just mentioned. Yeah, um, mark that down. That's going to be good football. I, I totally agree. Like, look, I was watching that game, too, and me and Crayfish were texting back and forth. And, like, Sam Howell came out slinging, and, and, and he was scoring. And then I, I, was so, I was so shocked to see how buttoned up Notre Dame was just as a, as a team. I mean, they, they adjusted so quickly and so efficiently to the point where no, uh, North Carolina couldn't, couldn't score anymore. I think I literally texted you because we were nervous. I think yeah. we had, like, minus six and a half. We're like, defensive adjustments are <laughs> coming for Notre Dame. Like, they're on their way. They're coming. But it's just so and impressive, like, that the, the coaching staff is able to get these kids to, like, adjust like that. I think it, I think it could be Who's their coach, them. Sean Payton? <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> Brian Kelly. <laughs> oh my God. But, yeah, he's a, he's a mess to look at. But, listen, any change in your Heisman picks? Like, that was a crazy weekend. Crazy performances. Mac Jones had a great performance. Mac Jones looked great. And for all tilters who sweat crew up, which you should have, because I was dominant this week in picks. Um, you know, I said Trevor Lawrence last week at 11-1, to 1, and I got laughed at. I just had a feeling he would come out and dominate back, and, you know, his odds jumped. So still look for Trevor Lawrence. I think it's trash to lose right now just based on yeah. his performance. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Clemson comes out Wins by 40 back-to-back weeks, and Lawrence is in the consideration. It's the same thing like we just – like, who chooses these things? 
Yeah, Ken- I know. Yeah, who, who I can- think the Heisman's different. I think it's like sports media writers. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing with like MVP and NFL exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not gonna waste my time. It's it's Kyle Trask. There's there's no. There's and what no if other Kyle answer. Trask just puts the nail in the coffin and goes to Alabama in the SEC championship game and, and just he's going to beats them. He's going wins. to. He's going to. Oh Mark it now. I, I'll call. I'll say it. He's gonna beat them. That would be. I think wild. if they get into the playoffs, if they get into the playoffs, NFL the scouts playoffs. would be like hard. Watching they're winning the game. national championship if they make the playoffs. If if they make the playoffs, they're winning. Yeah, they could. They, listen, they like he's the scariest quarterback to face. So. He's just amazing. He looks like an NFL player playing college, which is, I mean, what else is there to talk about? Yeah. Um, well, they they also got Kyle Pitts back, and he looked he looked amazing as well. Yeah, and he's really he good. had a good game. So he has weapons. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they go down and, and get a W. Um, just one last thing about college. I'm actually really nervous about Ohio State. Um, we talked about it last week. I personally don't think they belong in the top four. I think Cincinnati and Florida should be ahead of them just solely based on Ohio State's defense. But this COVID issue thing is a big, big mess for college football, especially a program like Ohio State, who's pretty much locked in into the playoffs every year. But like you mentioned, they might not even qualify. You need six games in the Big Ten to qualify for the Big Ten championship, and they're not going to get that. It, it bothers me, to be honest with you. And, you know, COVID, COVID has caused a lot of issues. Um, there's one thing that really bugs me, and I, I have to say it. I'm sitting on my couch on a Saturday. I turn on the TV. You know, I turn on a Clemson game, for example. Uh, there's about 30,000 fans <laughs> yeah. in the stadium. You got Jill and Joe from the frat and the sorority <laughs> slobbering a hot dog in yeah. the sixth row. And I can't even take a piss at a restaurant on Queen Street. <laughs> like, I, I was walking down Queen the other day, as I just mentioned, and I had to pee. And I got rejected by 18 restaurants. But this guy can sit and watch college football on a beautiful day. I don't get it. Like <laughs> this world <laughs> is so decentralized. Remember when Notre Dame beat Clemson and they <laughs> yeah, the whole population of Notre Dame storming the field. They, they stormed the field. Like I can't get a beer with you guys after this, but it's I don't. I, there's one I'm always gonna remember this. It was a CBS Network clip oh, on it's TV. So it's Georgia, so it's in uh, Atlanta. And like I don't even know if COVID exists. They're just they just don't give a fuck. Like it, it exists, they just don't care. <laughs> They only show on film like the first row of fans, like the first what are they yeah. called, like the sections, the, the first like yeah. first like the sixteen, first bowl. eighteen, but first bowl. Yeah, they only show the first bowl, socially <laughs> distanced. Everybody's wearing masks, and then there's like one part of the game where it expands out. You see, it's like sold out <laughs> in the top bowl, like students flying everywhere. It's it's every every fraternity in the world <laughs> yeah. is in the top bowl. <laughs> oh, kill me. But yeah, cra- crazy weekend overall, and COVID's messing everything up. The other thing that COVID is messing up is fantasy football, and I know a lot of our oh, listeners yeah, are fuck. heading into a crucial fantasy football week. Um, you know, we really focus on games and picks, but I, I do have to mention, big, big week ahead. Um, maybe let's go around the table quick. Like, any must-starts, running back, wide receiver, like, big week ahead. Yeah, so fantasy football for me this year was kind of a disaster. I think I was eliminated in week six. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My shining moment was picking up James Robinson in both my pools after the draft. He's a stud. Um, So, look, I can give you advice. I don't think you want it. Uh, I think I have Naheem Hines in my flex, so probably bench him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) I think in one of my leagues I'm starting Taysom Hill because I just don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) I'd actually hate you. I'm going to pass this on to Crayfish because I just (laughs) hate fantasy football right now. I'm actually having a good year led by Kyler Murray and Hopkins. But um, one... (laughs) Hopkins. One player that I'd love to start this week, I don't have him, but he has a great matchup against the Jets and a player that maybe can propel you as a flex player into the playoffs since it is the last week before the playoffs is Nelson Aguilar. 
He's been getting he's a, burner. Uh, he's a burner, and Derek Carr's been quietly slinging the ball this year. And they don't have a true number one receiver. They have Aguilar, Renfro, and and Rugs, a bunch of small, speedy guys. But Aguilar's been um, taking the hood off the top of that defense recently. Every every highlight I see on red zone is Aguilar catching a touchdown that's at least forty yards. And a running back, I like. Um, what about? Hmm, I don't know. Can we rub anything? I'll, right I'll jump because I got a couple that are must plays. Um, the first must play for me, and just based on what they've been doing at home offensively, and you'll hear more about that from me in a couple minutes, but Justin Jefferson in Minnesota is a must start across all your leagues. He's playing He's a been ja- a must start since week oh three. My g- oh, my God. But especially now that Thielen's coming off COVID, I don't know how healthy he yeah. is. Um, Jacksonville defense is terrible, and I'm going to get into this later when we talk about picks because, baby, do I love those Minnesota Vikings this week. <laughs> but Justin Jefferson's a great start. Um, I, I also look at, you know, a guy like Debo. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. He went off. Like, I have him. Like I love De- him. Debo off. coming in against a Buffalo team that is going to score points. Um, my, he's unbelievable. I saw, like, there was a stat. He had 136 receiving yards. 135 of them were after the catch or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's if crazy. that even makes sense. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if CBS made a mistake on the, on the graphic. Cause now that I'm saying it, it doesn't make sense. It's insane. But it's crazy. He's really good after the catch. It's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, good luck to all of our tilters who have a big yeah. week. I know I do. I have a must-win week. but you know, <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a big week since week Raph, Raph, Raph is playing for a – Raph is tanking for a draft pick for Trevor Lawrence. Literally, which is awesome. But yeah, we, we have a huge episode ahead, guys. Tons to talk about. Um, we're going to talk game recaps, uh, unbelievable games that we saw last week, some some incredible things as we head to the playoff race. We're going to talk uh, your favorite somewhere over the rainbow. Mad Tilts is back. We have our lock ticket. And baby, was I hot once again. I'll, I'll be talking about the lock of the week. Um, but yeah, we, we have an, a ton, a ton ahead. Um, Crayfish, I'm going to start with you mm-hmm. because I think that was one of the crazier games of the week. Chiefs Bucks. Let's yeah. talk. Chiefs Bucks was pretty nuts. You know it's a massive game when you know you got Jim Nance, Tony Romo calling a game between the goat, the best quarterback of all time, and Patrick Mahomes, versus the savvy old vet Tom Brady. <laughs> Is that like totally Boom. fucked? <laughs> um, I think it's best and easy to recap this game by painting a picture. Um, Listen, Kree Rob Rafa, if I were to walk into the Buccaneers dressing room pregame, pregame, I'm going to say to you guys, you know, we're going to hold the Chiefs to 27 points. We're going to get a goal line stand against that offense. And Mahomes is going to fumble. He didn't throw a pick. He fumbled. Would they jump all over that opportunity? Oh, that's a, mu- they, that's a lock. They think that they'd win that game. But this Bucks team is just, it, it's just so confusing. Like, I'm thinking about this watching the game, and I'm like, what the fuck is Bruce Arians doing? If you plan to operate an air raid offense, which historically and evidently as we watch every week he does, why go after a 43-year-old immobile quarterback? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Am I crazy to think that Jameis Winston is a better fit for this offense? Like, I don't think I'm that crazy to say that. You are. I am I think that's the most idiotic thing I've heard today. (laughs) Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Wrong. Patrick Mahomes is. Fair, actually fair. Okay, yeah, next. N- now that he qualified, you see he qualified after fifteen hundred passes. Is that a thing? Okay, <laughs> it, it, he he qual he quali- yeah. So after a minimum of fifteen hundred passes, or yeah, fifteen hundred passes, you qualify for all these stats. So I think like Philip Rivers or no Aaron Rodgers held like the completion percentage stats for like ten years, and then Mahomes, Mahomes the second he threw his fifteen hundred pass, <laughs> he qualified. It was, it was incredible. But yeah, you're you're a complete idiot because um, Tom Brady can get it done. Um, and I know it hasn't looked like it right now. He's calling the plays on offense. 
I trust this guy with weapons. He scares me when a big game. He's never been the guy to be flashy, but when it comes to winning football games in clutch moments, I think he can do it, and I think he will. Well, the Rafi, you want to pitch it? Yeah, just really quick. Um, look, there's not a human being or any other life form in this galaxy that I would rather have with any amount of time on the clock in any situation in football than Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's just not. <laughs> yeah. There's just not. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're up, down, <laughs> tied, 30 seconds, a full game. It doesn't matter. If, I put, if I'm putting money on Patrick Mahomes, I'm winning. So that's oh, what yeah, I'm going to do from winning. now on. If yeah. Patrick Mahomes is playing football, I'm betting. We talk about it all the time. Like when when top four college teams are under seven point spreads, we're like we're smashing them. If Mahomes is ever under seven points, how could you not take it? I I, I will live by that for the rest of my life. I promise. So as long as Patrick Mahomes is in the league, Corey, the numbers tend to disagree with you with Brady. Um, (laughs) I'm just gonna get into the quick stats here. He's old. He has he has nine interceptions this year. I'm gonna blame it on Arians because we know Brady's not a deep ball thrower. But if you look at Arians in his history and the quarterbacks that he's had, each one of them has thrown for career high in interceptions. Yeah, Yeah. Jameis Winston, 30 interceptions. Peyton Manning, 28 interceptions in his rookie year. Andrew Luck, 18 interceptions, 2012. Carson Palmer, the list goes on and on and on. But, like, if we were to just put this in perspective, all that I just said, I don't think matters at all when you play the Chiefs. Yeah. Because the Chiefs are just way, way too much to handle. Even with a good defense that the Bucks do on paper, you have Mahomes throwing for 462 and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill going for 269 and three touchdowns. Kelsey grabbing clutch catches. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire grinding out early down yardage. And on top of all that, you look to the sidelines, you have Andy Reid. Like, one of the most respected coaches of all time. Um, he, he's just a beauty. Um, so, with all that being said, I'm going to say something that I mentioned earlier. I'm not sure if it's going to change the perception of me in terms of a football perspective from you guys. But hands down, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think talent-wise, talent-wise, it's not close. Mobility, arm strength, pocket awareness, everything. He's just off the charts. I'm willing to even further. You want to pitch in, Ralph, a quick? No, I I see, he's, uh, a Bree- he's a Breeze fan, so I, here he comes. I, I can't. I can't. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Okay, so my premise is I'm expecting him, barring an injury, to break all the records. Barring natural disaster. Barring natural disaster. <laughs> like earthquake in Kansas City, Bane walks into Arrowhead and just like tortures Mahomes. <laughs> like he is going to break all these records. And again, I'm going to say this. His $500 million contract, which by the way is the largest contract in sports, is the biggest steal. It's a steal. Ever. It's a ripoff. The biggest steal ever. He is 25 years old. We're 25 years old. Like, I still have creamy garlic sauce on my face from dinner. <laughs> and this guy's, like, slinging touchdowns and winning Super Bowls. And, and he, Andy Reid walked into Best Buy on Black Friday and left the Patrick Mahomes for $500 million. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, I, I, I honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. He is, he's like a generational talent. And I turn on the TV. Like, how do people not watch sports? Like, I am so yeah, no entertained. Sense. I have no idea what they do. Watching this guy play football. Like, you can't tell me that Grey's Anatomy is better, <laughs> than, is better than watching Patrick Mahomes on a two-minute drill. It's unbelievable. Um, look, uh, is Tom Brady in MVP form now? No. Is he an offensive player of the year form? No. <laughs> He's barely in starting form. Is, is he, is yeah. he, is he, is he going to win a division outright? Maybe, but it's not going to be a blowout. But can he, can he win a playoff game? Can he drive a team down the field with two minutes? He, he doesn't look terrible. He I had, totally he had agree three with you or four there. unbelievable balls. I think this guy has the weapons. They're going to get it together. It's his first time in a new offense in fucking 48 yeah. years. Like, give this it's guy just, a break. It just sucks when you already have 12 weeks, 12 weeks in, like a disconnect yeah. between the head coach and the quarterback. Look, speaking of old quarterbacks who might be out of date, I got to start with my recap because I watched Phil Rivers play this weekend, and boy, oh boy, did they just get pumped. 
Titans sucks. visited Indianapolis. The line closed at minus three from Indy, and the total closed at 51.5. This game proves to me one thing. Derrick Henry is absolutely unstoppable. He had 27 carries in the first – no, 27 carries total, 173, uh, 78 yards, and three touchdowns in the first half against the number two rush defense in the NFL. Three touchdowns in the first – I like – I feel like I had something in my throat there saying it didn't sound right. <laughs> Again, I mean, this guy's just been dominant. It, it was his third consecutive game with 100 yards, his seventh this season, and eighth straight on the road, which is tying the most of all time from Chris Johnson, who's also a Titan, by the way. Fantasy stud. Fantasy, oh fantasy stud back in the day. And he looked great on the cover of Madden. You remember that? I think 2005. He just looks amazing. Yeah, but I mean, look, big shout out to the Titans O line and big shout out to AJ Brown, who had possibly the, the touchdown of the year. Look, people are saying this Colts D isn't for real. And, and that was the other storyline is they just gave up 45 to a Titans team. Um, I'm going to pump the brakes on that and say not so fast. They were down three key starters, including Pro Bowl tackle, DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the size of that guy? Mm-hmm. He's what an a great trade monster. that was yeah. for the Colts. Great so trade. Good. But again, look, just like painting the playoff picture, what I want to chat about with you guys is, again, the Titans look good, Indy looked beatable, but can either of these teams challenge like a Pittsburgh defense or Mahomes? Okay. Okay. Relax there, okay, uh, (laughs) Terry Bradshaw? (laughs) I think the Titans, aside from the Chiefs, are the scariest team in the AFC. You have actually no respect. I have. You have no respect. They are the scariest team in the AFC. If you have a running game, you have a number one receiver, you have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes but is not a game manager, can still sling it, that's a recipe for disaster for other teams in the playoffs. Derrick Henry, I'll just run you 30 times, and how are you going to stop play action because you're going to stack the box? Oh, I'm just not going to. Don't say Bud Dupree. <laughs> yeah, he has an E. <laughs> Look, that's, what are you going to say? That's sour, and I'm bitter about it. But, you know, I love when people talk shit about a team that's 11-0, and breaking records, best defense I've seen in the last 10 years, and... Look, keep talking. We're going to walk right to the AFC Championship game. I don't think there's a chance that this team can beat Pittsburgh. I just don't. That's crazy. Because they, they were up, what, 17, 10, 17, nothing against the Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game? The Titans? Something like they that. can for sure be up against Pittsburgh. It would be a great game. I'm not saying Pittsburgh would lose that game. But you can't sit here and say they have no chance I'm just to beat sour. Pittsburgh. I'm just sour right now. Look, I, I watched that Titans game, and I, I've been in love with the Titans for a long time. Like, I'm telling you right now, if the Saints weren't in the league, if they just disappeared, I'd be a Titans fan in five seconds. <laughs> and I'm talking, like, Marcus Mariota, like, yeah. Delaney Walker, like, 8-8 eight and eight every single like season. Like, sitting at like Dinner like University, you're cheering season. for Mariota. Literally, okay? <laughs> and what really won me over, and what I absolutely fell in love with, which will keep me with the Titans in the back of my head for a long time, is when Mike Bravel said in the playoffs last year, I would chop off my dick for a Super Bowl. When he said that, like, I, I, I still laugh when I hear it. It was so good. It was so, so good. Um, for my recap, you know, I, I can't not talk about the Saints and the Broncos game. I, I, I can't not talk about it. That was the only unwatchable thing on yeah, television. I watched 60 minutes. I watched 60 minutes of Kendall Hinton, okay? Let me talk about this game for a minute. First of all, good for you, Kendall Hinton. You were called up. It was. Pro- <laughs> I can't imagine the emotions you were feeling. I feel terrible for you. They should have gone with the Calabrese salad, the fucking assistant. <laughs> they wanted to start a quarterback instead. But look, um, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Denver. This was a disaster game. It should have been forfeited, which, is, which sucks for Denver, but realistically, they're not going anywhere anyways. Um, but let's see. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm on the score app right now, and I'm looking at quarterback stats from the game, and you go to co- passing, and it just says Taysom Hill, and there's no Broncos quarterback <laughs> available. <laughs> so let me go to the stats for a second here, okay? Kendall Hinton. Oh, this is why, okay? Two interceptions, one for nine, 
13 yards. And I saw the throw. It was like a four-yard throw that was turned into 13 yards. I feel so bad for this guy. And I can't give much credit to the Saints either because it's a tough game to judge. But what I will judge is the defense because the defense looked stout. It looked effective. It's been doing. It's been how it looked last year when they were dominating everybody. The sacks are rolling in. This guy's fast. Their quarterback's fast. And they were sacking him. They got interceptions. They were all over the place. It's a confidence booster for the Saints. I think they went out except for the Chiefs game. I'm not sure. I have an honest question for you guys, and please, like, don't don't go on a on a tangent and don't chirp. I, it's genuinely honest, okay? You guys have seen me throw football, right? Yeah. You, you guys yeah, have yeah. seen me throw Spiral football. Spiral motif, I'm, 2012. I, I'm not, you know, I, I can sit in the pocket. I could throw like a 40, 45 yard ball. Um, I'm not really that athletic anymore. But but tell me honestly, if you slotted me into that Denver offense, <laughs> you're telling me that I wouldn't be better than one for nine for 13 yards and two picks like honestly yeah no i i like how I, can you be that bad that I, is that is that the worst stat line in nfl do history you, do you want me to be honest because i'll be honest i'm with my friends i'm gonna be honest <laughs> if you took a snap in the nfl behind denver broncos line with cam jordan sheldon rankins and trey hendrickson running at you you would be a quadriplegic for the rest <laughs> of your life before the before the ball was snapped you would be dead. You wouldn't exist. But, like, I still think there's a chance that the ball might slip out of my hands, fall into Judy's arms, and he'll go for 14 <laughs> yards, and I'll still have a better stuff. I agree. If I took it from Cam Jordan, I'd be in, I'd be in the ICU for th- three years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Is there an update on Breeze or no? Uh, look, uh, they're saying that he's making progress. I don't Last know time I read, he had, like, 27 correct ribs. Only 11. Only oh, 11. Wow. Look, they, they originally said three weeks was really, really optimistic. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, we got like five, six more games left this season. I really hope he can make it back for at least one or two of them. But if he's ready for the playoffs, realistically, we're hopefully going to have the bye. I'll take that. He'll come back fresh for the playoffs, fresh legs, 40-something years old. I'm ready to roll. Love talking picks. Love talking recaps. And again, as we mentioned, Hinton couldn't do it. Um, but we love games watching points. Um, so it's our time. It's time for our segment. Somewhere over the rainbow. For all new listeners, we pick three overs that are a must smash. Again, these will not miss. We will pick three games. The overs will smash. We're going to start with Crayfish because he loves his over this week. Crayfish, talk to me. What's going on? I do love my over. And just as a fair warning to the viewers, it includes the Philadelphia Eagles, but trust me when I say that it has nothing to do with the Eagles. <laughs> so for over 47 and a half Eagles Packers, I would rather be featured on like a thousand ways to die. This was a show growing up that was just hilarious. <laughs> then put money on Carson Wentz. But a total under 50 points with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and a suspect Green Bay defense. Sign me up. I'm all over it. Every time I watch the Packers, I swear they score at will, especially against teams they're supposed to route, like the Eagles. Over the last four games, they've averaged 33 points a game. And of those games, they've scored 45 against the Bears, who suck, 34 against the Niners, who <laughs> suck, 35 against the Texans, who suck. Like, every, everybody just flat out stinks, and they tend to route those, those games. Again, avoiding all things Carson Wentz, I think this Green Bay defense stinks, allowing over 120 yards per game on the ground, which can allow Miles Sanders to have a big game and set up the Eagles with short yardage third downs because anybody that's watched the NFL over the past couple weeks has seen the Eagles convert, I think, two third downs in the past four weeks. So anything on the ground can help them. Um, Where am I here? 
I, 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 I have to say, yeah, yeah, you lost your train of thought because yeah, you're I, betting I, a fucking over with Carson Wentz. Know, <laughs> I watched the game last night. I promised myself, forget betting over. I'm not watching another Carson Wentz game. Oh, I don't have to watch. The best thing about over-unders <laughs> is you click the button and you just check three hours later and see if it went over or under, right? So just some stats to get some uh, comfort here. Four of the last five Packer games have gone over. Eight of the last ten Packer games against the NFC have gone over. And to narrow that trend even further, seven of the last eight Packer games against the NFC East have gone over. So I like the over 46.5. I think now it's at 47.5. Let's call a 34-20 Green Bay win. Yeah, I love it. I think I think what we saw last week with Green Bay and Chicago, I think it's going to be the same same garbage, different week. That game went over. I think this one does too. Um, for my pick, I'm going to go with the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, both teams are coming off losses. Arizona, heartbreaking loss to New England. Really a game they should have won. The offense was a little nostalgic, to say the least. Um, and then I look at this Rams team, who just is owned by Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the 49ers just own this team. I look for both teams to bounce back. These offenses are explosive. They prove that week in, week out. And I look at the coaching matchup, Sean McVay versus Cliff Kingsbury, uh, two young studs. I mean, they're both super creative. They're, trying to, they're always trying to come up with the next crazy play. I think Kyler Murray is going to let it sling. I think Jared Goff is going to go back to his normal, you know, super efficient Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Let me throw it to you for 10 yards and run for 50. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what I see here. And the Cardinals defense stinks. The Cardinals defense stinks. The Rams have a good defense, but Kyler Murray has that escapability. I'm really excited to see Don- Donald chase little Kyler Murray around. It's going to look like a, mm. a giant like chasing around my seven-year-old sister. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But, yeah, over 48.5 Rams Cardinals. I think that's a lock. Yeah, betting over with Kyler Murray is nice. He'll run in for at least a touchdown. And um, I, I think that game's going to be great. That could be the game of the week as well. So tune in. Yeah. Sure. And it's so important for the NFC playoff race. Yeah. Um, coming off a, a week of dominance, uh, the somewhere over the rainbow pick that I love this week is over 47 and a half in Pats and Chargers. And I'll tell you why. Let's start with the Chargers. I mean, this is pretty obvious. Uh, they have the second most pass yards in the league per game. And seven of their last eight games have gone over. Herbert is an absolute gunslinger. Uh, you know, I, they barely run the ball. I know Eckler's back, but he'll be there for screens. Um, but actually, a lot of people don't know this. New England has been pretty good offensively on the road. And I know that sounds crazy, but listen to this. They're seventh in the league in pass yards per game and seventh in the league in rush yards per game on the road. So mix that in with an unstoppable Herbert, a banged-up New England defense. Um, I call Herbert the garbage time specialist. I mean, he's good for at least 14 points oh, in the that's last— It's a, a great nickname. Yeah, the garbage time specialist, absolutely. There's no one we talk more about on this podcast than Herbert. We just love Herbert. Can we talk about his girlfriend quickly? <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Riley Jean Kirk. I follow her on Instagram. Oh, what's her name? The girl I haven't <laughs> stopped looking at for four she days? She is stunning. <laughs> stunning. And he's so fucking ugly. <laughs> I, can't get a, I can't understand it. But, I mean, look at him. He's an absolute stud. We discussed it today. I couldn't believe he's, what, 6'5"? He's huge. He's a monster. Yeah, he's the perfect quarterback yeah. physical feature. Yeah, he's an absolute stud. So, again, you combine that with a, a surprising you know, New England offense and, you know, an Anthony Lynn mistake late, <laughs> which was going to lead to a turnover and a cam rushing touchdown. This is going to fly over. I say it's over 50 points for sure. Absolutely smash it. So when you put it together, we have, uh, you know, over 48 in Rams, Cardinals, over 46 and a half in Eagles, Packers, and over 47 in Patriots, Chargers. You throw all three of them together in a parlay, that's plus nine, uh, 595. 100 bucks on that pays out 495 profit. Smack a unit on it, and we're absolutely live. I love it. <laughs> Look, I, I'm coming off a bad week of picks, so I hate to say yeah, I love too. it, but but I, I love it. I love it. I'm going to be all over that. And you're never dead betting it over. Never, ever dead betting Never, it over. ever, ever. Definitely dead. not in college, but definitely not in college. And not with Herbert. 
with that girlfriend. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Um, for our new listeners, one of our favorite segments is Mad Tilts. Just to remind the audience, this segment requires each of us to come up with a statement regarding a play performance decision ending in a blank, and we go roundtable with our creativity to finish the sentence. So, Cree Rub, start us off. I know what everybody's thinking. Monday night was the worst night of your life if you bet the Seattle Seahawks. Why is that? Well, let me paint a picture for you. As you guys know, Seattle was dominating the entire game, and the disgusting Carson Wentz-led Eagles, which you've heard me talk about over and over again, drive down the field, smash a Hail Mary, and Doug Peterson has the audacity to go for two. Let me just say, I'm confident that these coaches know the spread. I'm confident. Of course they do. They yeah, must know course. the spread. They have of money on it. Of course they do. So Doug Peterson, he just wanted to, to send a message to all Seattle, uh, Seattle better. So Doug Peterson's decision to go for two to ruin Seattle minus six and a half with no more than 10 seconds left in this game was the scummiest thing that you've seen since blank. I'll take this one first. Um, my head's so cloudy right now. I have <laughs> Riley Jinkirk. I'm like scrolling through my head. I'm a mess. Okay. I'll paint a picture. We love painting pictures at the morning oh, tilt. For artists. <laughs> <laughs> Call me fucking Picasso, okay? Social Network. I don't know when it came out, but it was the one of my favorite movies of all time. Eduardo Saverin storms into the Facebook office because he notices that his shares have been diluted. He is pissed. Like, I mean pissed. And you have like, you have Justin Timberlake, the biggest douche on earth in that movie, but one of my favorite characters just laughing at him. And Mark Zuckerberg, he's just ripping Mark Zuckerberg, like ripping him, ripping him, ripping him. And he has a line at the end of that movie that could be one of my favorite lines ever. So I'm going to take this 10 seconds to look at, speak only to Doug Peterson. So Doug Peterson, if you're listening, I'm only talking to you on behalf of every single Seattle better that had minus six and a half. Lawyer up, asshole. I'm not <laughs> lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for next week's spread. I'm coming back for everything. You will pay for this, Doug. And mark my words, mark my words. My name will be on the letterhead. <laughs> I saw a hilarious Instagram from NFL. I think they posted it or it might have been a funny like a, like a parody account. Some guy wrote like a two-page email to Goodell <laughs> saying, like, I better get refunded my money. I had Seattle minus six and a half. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, okay, moving on. Um, the scummiest thing. Well, this whole Doug Peterson thing is a circus, but it's been the scummiest thing since Toronto Transportation. Let me sketch out a visual here. You know, again, we're artists. Paint yeah, the we're picture. Picassos, Paint everything. Paint the picture. Talk to me, Van Gogh. We are here in Toronto, heavily populated city. I feel like I'm reading a book. I'm like, <laughs> where every single method of transportation is jam-packed. And let me tell you, in Toronto, scummy things go down on transportations, <laughs> whether it's a streetcar, a bus, a subway. You just don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So it's Saturday night. It's 6.05 p.m. The Toronto Maple Leafs are playing puck drop at 7. So you got 55 minutes. You're running late, to say the least. You find yourself sprinting to the subway where you're looking at a minimum 40-minute ride. So, like, the thought of even standing through that ride is just devastating. What are you, it's a slave? devastating. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Like, you, I could, you could pay me to stand. So I think I'd rather die. Uh, so there are two seats available. You walk into the doors, two seats available. I'm just going to come out and say this. I'm victim of doing this. I've done it on multiple occasions. I'm not proud of it. But anything for a seat on the subway. So there's two seats. It's you versus a 65-year-old man fresh out of ACL surgery carrying like eight grocery bags that are about to rip. <laughs> Immediately, there's eye contact. 
It's like you know those like Pokemon movies where it's like shows one shows the other. It's like like, like anime. Yeah, anime. Locked in eye contact. He's just waiting for you to be the bigger man. Be like, yeah, sir, take the seat. Make I sprint. <laughs> I sprint. I'm like, there's no fucking chance you're getting this seat, bud. Like, I'm not standing for 40 minutes. So yeah, this the uh, the story of Toronto transportation is pretty <laughs> scummy, and I think the Doug Peterson thing is right uh, up there with it. That's amazing. And every single person that has the audacity to listen to this podcast has been in those shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that resonates. I have one as well, and you know, I I, I get the heebie-jeebies when I think of this moment, but. Doug Peterson's decision to go for two and ruin that spread is the scummiest thing that I've seen since day three of a global festival. Let me paint a picture for you once again. Sing to oh. me, Paolo. <laughs> it's right before the main event on the third day of Oshiega. And all you need to do <laughs> is take a harmless piss. So you travel about 30 minutes from stage A all the way down to the porta potties, which is one of the most disgusting scenes that you've ever seen. Mm. There are people everywhere, lying down, sleeping. There's a guy literally sleeping in the porta potty. And there's a lineup for each and every blue cylindrical item that is there. The guy in front of you walks into the porta potty, spends about eight minutes in there, walks out, and just gives you a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he just did absolute damage in that porta potty. And you have to go. Like, you're drunk dead unless you go. You have to walk into there and you have... <laughs> there's 200 people there's, behind yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. There's 200 people behind you. There's a girl crying behind you. You need to go. And you walk in. I'm going to throw up thinking about it. <laughs> Shit on the walls. Piss on the ceiling. There's beer cans everywhere. There's a can of... Al- I don't know. It's disgusting. And I haven't seen something that scummy since the Doug Peterson decision to <laughs> oh go for two. God. Just a direct resemblance, you disgusting pig, Doug Peterson. Hate you and hate your quarterback. I think I'm going to pass out. I'm, I'm like gagging sitting here. Like <laughs> <laughs> I actually just gagged. Um, okay, moving on to something more bright and flowery and fun. <laughs> Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I just left out the S for whatever reason. Okay, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill's first quarter performance, where Patrick Mahomes threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill caught 221 yards and two touchdowns. Was the most insane thing you've seen since, Rafa. Yeah. Go. So, really quick, I won't call out my friend who does this because I don't want to embarrass him, but I have a friend who takes away and adds S's to so I've many I just words. totally fell into the trap. It is so funny. <laughs> It's so it sounds so unnatural. It's so good. So shout out to my boy. I won't I won't I won't embarrass you. He knows who he is. Of course, (laughs) half the people listening to this podcast (laughs) know who that is. Um, Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, first quarter performance was the most insane thing I've seen since my drive down to Corey's house to record this podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm stopped at red light. I turn my head. Normally, there's a car next to me. I'd like to see who it is. They don't have tinted windows. They're driving in an aquarium. (laughs) And what do I see? I see a 52 year old woman. By herself in the car, driving to God knows where. There's nobody else in the car. I confirmed three times. She has an N95 mask over her nose and mouth as if she's about to go do open heart surgery on a COVID (laughs) patient. And it just gets me thinking. You went from your home, which you live in. So you don't wear a mask there unless unless maybe this woman does. You never know. So she's putting on her shoes. She puts on her mask to go outside the fresh air. I don't wear a mask outside, do you? No. No. Okay. Okay. So you have the mask on. You get into your vehicle, the car that you've purchased that you drive every day. 
with nobody else in the car. You're not an Uber driver. Like, there's nobody there. There's no Uber sticker. I checked. I confirmed everything before I made this segment. What the hell are you doing wearing a mask in your own car? <laughs> an N95. Surgeons wear N95s. My girlfriend's a nurse. She wears N95s at the hospital. This is out of control. It's insane. And to be honest, it might be more insane than 221 yards <laughs> yeah. in the first quarter because this woman's choking herself out at the seat at the wheel. I'm scared she's going to pass out. So that, that's out of control. Look, I, I'm all for masks. You wear them indoors. You wear them where you have to. If you're driving alone, relax, sweetheart. Take off your mask. Take a breather. Listen to some music. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because I, I, I see that every day, and it's, it's insane. I know. It's crazy. The world we live in is just unbelievable. Um, I also have to go to a very recent memory, and usually I think back to some hilarious things, but you know, I haven't seen something this insane uh, in, in terms of the Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes performance since one night prior to that game where I watched Jake Paul knock out Nate Robinson. Now, look, everyone's talking about it. Jake Paul, what a beast. Let's be clear, okay? Nate Robinson is 5'9", no more than 180 pounds. He's never thrown a punch in his life. He's a shrimp. And Jake, you have the audacity to go on Twitter and call out the notorious Conor McGregor. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. <laughs> and Floyd May. He's 53-0. He's never lost. He is a professional fighter who has legitimately never lost. You're a YouTube sensation. <laughs> You're a Vine connoisseur. All you do is make videos. You don't fight. And you had the freaking audacity to call out a professional fighter. Not only a professional, the best in the world. I hope McGregor fights you. Literally the best and of I, all time. And I, and I hope he beats <laughs> the living shit out of you because that is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, that was the craziest thing I've seen since Tyreek. I think <laughs> mine is literally, like, blows this out of the water. Blows the Mahomes and Tyreek Hill's performance out of the water. Growing up, I'm going to go opposite of Corey. This is not a recent memory. This is back in elementary school and, and probably high school as well. Me and my friends would sit together in my room, or whoever's room, on Saturday night. <laughs> Raph was just dying. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the most I've genuinely laughed on a podcast I think ever. This is so again, we're sitting in a room Saturday night. This is when YouTube was just banging. Like it came out and it was, everybody loved YouTube. So we're just searching like random shit. And I'm not a f like sure if you guys are familiar with the Olympics. <laughs> it happens every four years. There is a like like diving, like swimming pool diving, like high board diving, whatever. Like quintuple. We found diving. a video. <laughs> we found a video in Dubai, okay, of I don't know where Dubai, I'm <laughs> whatever. These people would get on a 500 foot cliff, <laughs> no harness, no pool, nothing. They would get on the 500 foot cliff and jump off to the ground. And they called it Arab diving. <laughs> and I, I literally <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. It is the most insane thing I've ever heard. They literally jump off a cliff onto concrete and die. And then they clap at the end as if it's like, oh, yeah, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. When there's like pole burying their casket out of, the, out of the desert, it's a 9 out of 10. So that is like the most insane thing I've ever watched, ever. I, I didn't believe it when I heard it. We'll post the link in the bio. We have to post the link tell. because if you're not familiar with the Arab dive, yeah. it is the most fascinating. Fascinating sport of all time. <laughs> you have one shot. <laughs> you have, one, you have shot. one shot. Um, oh, that's amazing. Okay, let's move on. Um, so my mad tilt this week is um, I'm going to throw back to my game. My boys. My my boys, the Saints, they played a quarterback named Kendall Hinton. Again, 
I'm not saying anything bad about Kendall Hinton. He's my guy. I love him. Okay? Watching Kendall Hinton at quarterback last Sunday reminded you of what other person, real or fiction, anybody, who did that remind you of? I just felt really bad for him, man. Like, as a wide receiver in college, quarterback in college, whatever he played, just to jump in and, and play quarterback against the Saints' ferocious defense, it, it's pretty scary. And he's lucky there's no fans because he would have got absolutely oh as- assassinated <laughs> in Denver, probably. <laughs> but it reminds me of Mick Foley. I was a huge WWE fan growing up. I'm sure a lot of you listeners were, too. I know Cree Rob and Rafa <laughs> were. And Mick Foley's role was to get absolutely slaughtered by everybody. He'd go talk to Vince McMahon before the match. It's scripted, obviously. Vince McMahon would say, McFoley, you're going to get thrown off a hell in a cell. <laughs> McFoley, you're going to get a ladder to the face. McFoley, steel chair to the balls. Like, absolutely rinsed no matter what the match was. And it's hilarious because it reminds me of Kendall Hinnon. He's like, Vic Vangio this is. He's like, Kendall, we're going to throw you in against Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, that whole Saints defense, and go win a game. When he's drawing dead before he put his helmet on. So it, it, it's just crazy. Like, it, I just, it, like the clobber fix McFoley. I just picture Vince McMahon. He's like, here's your 5K paycheck this week. Go die in the yeah, ring with the Undertaker. In like your stupid red plaid. <laughs> if you make it out alive, you're facing Kane next week. <laughs> so it, it's so funny you say that because, Crayfish, we, we didn't plan this. Like, I, I'm no. going to stay on the same track because when I think of Kendon Hinton, Kendall, H- I can't even say this guy's name. I've you won't ever need to against Kendall Kendall Tua Tagavailoa. Kendall Hinton at quarterback. The first thing I thought about was who is someone that just gets sent out to die with, with zero, <laughs> with zero <laughs> chance of coming out alive. And I also went to the WWE and I thought of Shane McMahon, Vince's yeah. son. Can't you guys just envision it? Like he's making a speech. Nobody even knows who he is. He's just Vince's son, talking about the upcoming Trish Stratus match. All these things. All of a sudden, the lights go down, pop back up. Booker T comes flying, <laughs> comes flying out of the first row, gives him the scissor kick, knocks, <laughs> knocks, him, scissor out, kick. knocks him out conscious. They le- legit have to stretcher the guy off. And you think he's out for, I don't know, three to seven years? <laughs> he's back next week. Lights go down. Undertaker. Like, he was sent out to just get his ass beat. And I'm pretty sure he just fell victim to being the son of the you know wealthiest man in The sports. smartest man in the world. Yeah, yeah, Vince McMahon. He's like, son, you're not very talented. We're just going to send you out to get your ass beat every single s- Friday night SmackDown, Monday night Raw. And that's what I thought about Kendall Hinton. He just had it's- no chance. What a sport, I don't know if you call it sport, but what a show that was, the WWE growing up. Like, Mondays, grab your snack, go to the couch, watch Raw. Friday, watch SmackDown. Boys over for pay-per-views on Sundays. Chocolate pudding and Eddie Guerrero, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. (laughs) I bawled my eyes out on the Eddie Guerrero uh, memorial service on SmackDown. I thought it was fake for, like, a year, honestly. (laughs) They were all, like, Like crying. Rey Mysterio taking off the mask, you remember that? When he takes off the mask, you know it's big news. He is so ugly. He's disgusting. (laughs) That's why he wears the mask. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Who's that jumping up? Um, So, yeah, we got the rainbow picks over. We got the mad tilts. I love the mad tilts this week. I'm gonna throw mine in quickly. Oh, again, back to Craig, back to back weeks. I'm just Craig, so excited to get into. So picks. excited to talk well, Giants. It, it's just like it. It doesn't help when I literally can't win a game. Maybe we'll just make this a thing. Like fuck Max on his last one. <laughs> like we're going to pegs. He sucks anyway. Okay, so for my Kendall Hinton comparison, I couldn't pick one person, so I picked the team. This team. There was a game played on June 28th, 1992. It was in the Olympics, a basketball game. I don't know if any, many of you are familiar with the Dream Team. The Dream Team consisted of Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, 
um, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. We're talking about like six of the ten best players of all time were on this team. On June 28, 1992, Kendall Hinton reminds me of the Cuban Olympic team. You might be thinking, Cuba, they play basketball in Cuba? They do. They had a team. They sent them out to play in this game. If you can guess the score without Googling it, I'd be really impressed. So here's two seconds to think. One, two. The final score was 136 to 57. <laughs> 136 to 57. That was the score of this game. The article I'm reading, the article I read to find this was the day the Dream Team dismantled the country <laughs> of Cuba. That's the name of this article. David Aldridge, and I quote, said, this wasn't a barn burner. It was... A <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a barn burner. It was an absolute embarrassment for the country. Like this was this was so sad to watch. And I actually watched highlights this afternoon because I was so curious to see it. It was sad. It was sad. And Kendall Kendall Hinton, however you say your name, buddy, I'm so proud of you. You did a good job. At the end of the day, Cuba doesn't play basketball, and <laughs> you don't you don't play quarterback. So stick to the bench. What do you think the morale is of the Cuban team like pregame at halftime or, or at half when they're down? They had, yeah. they had 27 points at halftime. <laughs> like they're already like looking at like to get out of that stadium. Right? Oh, I feel so bad, man. But that uh, was hilarious. Before we get into our picks, we just want to give a quick shout out. Today's episode of the Morning Tilt is brought to you by our good friends at Northfolio. Northfolio is a free Discord server dedicated to providing its members with professional guides and information on investing like stocks, picks, and money, man money management. Not only that, but they are sharing their exclusive partnership with JSP's new sportsbook, Bet99, with our listeners. Sign up at Bet99.com or on the app with code NORTHFOLIO. That's N-O-R-T-H-F-O-L-I-O. They will match your first deposit up to $250. It's free money. To get free professional guidance on stocks and real estate and much more, check them out at Twitter at Northfolio. One more time, check them out at Twitter on Northfolio. Look, I'm, I'm no gambler, but I'm going to take that 250 and slap it on Taysom yeah, Hill. Like two rushing touchdowns. I mean, geez. It's a great right, deal. Well, I was jumpy. I was antsy. I couldn't wait to get into the picks. So I'll start us off here. Week 13, right? Week 13, that's depressing. I don't want the season to end. Okay, first pick, and I think it's a money pick, is the Chargers versus the Patriots. It's a pick em, so I'm going to take the Chargers at home. I want to start out by saying that this is a total feel pick because the stats definitely do not back up Anthony Lynn and the Chargers in this spot against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, but I love the Chargers here. Like, I think they have a full I, – I, like, I don't know about you guys. We mentioned it earlier. I have a full-on crush on Justin Herbert, and now that we know what his girlfriend oh looks like. Oh, my God. It's like – RJK? Next level. RJK? Next level. The kid's an absolute rock star like my freaking God. Um, over the last three home games, the Chargers team has put up 39 points, 26 points, 34 points, something that the Patriots have trouble doing. They've only scored 25 points twice this season. So for me, Cam will struggle, will struggle playing catch-up with this high-powered Chargers offense. And to quickly touch on the defense here, Joey Bosa and that defensive front for the Chargers last week was a complete nightmare for Josh Allen. They handled him with ease, holding him to a mediocre day by his standards, that's for sure. And I actually think that's good practice for Cam Newton. I think Cam and Josh Allen have similar quarterback tendencies with the size and how they run the football. So the only thing that concerns me here is what I said earlier, is Anthony Lynn. Like, there was a quote this week. I'm not, I think it came out today. I saw it on Twitter. Anthony Lynn had a press conference in Los Angeles and said to his team that we are not in the playoff hunt. Like, yeah, it's obvious, but as a coach leading young men and NFL players, you got to stay positive. You got to, like, give them some sort of, like, it's embarrassing. Like, that embarrassing. guy does not deserve a job, a head coach especially. So the only thing that concerns me is him 
Like, can I just please, like, please have one game, one game where he doesn't go viral for a coaching decision that makes absolutely no sense? And if that happens, then I think the Chargers roll at home. My next pick is under 42.5 Bengals-Dolphins. As we all know, the Bengals faced my Giants last week, which means, unfortunately, I had to watch every single snap of Brandon Allen. So trust me when I say I'd rather put my face in a fucking oven than watch him again, (laughs) which is why the under is the play. Just plug it in, click the button, click the under, don't watch a second of the game, and pray it hits when you check the score later in the day. I can totally see the Bengals put like punting eight, nine times, maybe ten times. Like with the exception of a kickoff return last week, they legitimately did not enter the red zone until the last minute of the game. When and that's when the Giants were playing prevent defense. I expect a similar performance from the Dolphins, who have just been on fire on the defensive side of the ball, allowing an average of fourteen points a game over the last three, with the under hitting in six of the last nine games. I like an ugly Dolphins win somewhere around twenty four nine. Last pick is Bills minus two and a half in San Francisco. I love the Bills here. It could be a little bit of a square bet, public bet. But it's for a reason that nobody's talking about. It's not a stat. It's not a player. It's not a matchup I like. It's because of where they're playing. They're playing at State Farm Stadium. You know where that is? That's in Arizona. You know what happened the last time they were in Arizona? They were victim to the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. 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 (laughs) Hail Mary. I think John McDermott and Josh Allen get wild up for that matchup. I don't think they want to let those demons... Um, sink into them so from a uh, psychological perspective I think they'll be fired up to the actual game even with the likes of Richard Sherman and and Mostert coming back I just think the Bills overpower the 49ers in every aspect of the game this offense is absolutely clicking scoring 27 32 44 24 in their last four and yes their defense has been suspect but they're not exactly playing Aaron Rodgers they're playing Nick Mullins he sucks one more important note about this game is that I think this is a game is, a, is like a must win for the Bills. With the Dolphins looking at a sure win against the Bengals and the Bills looking at a week 14 matchup against the Steelers, which could very well be a loss, they need to win this game to keep pace in the AFC East. So this is a huge game. It's had some comfort here. Bills are 5-0 and against the spread in the last five against the AFC. So I love the Bills in this spot, calling a 28-20 win. Okay, Crayfish. Not you bad. like that? Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> so ju- just to confirm, Crayfish, you have Chargers pick them. Yeah. Bills minus two and a half and under 42.5 in Bengals Dolphins. Correct. All right. Rafa. So as you guys know, I try my best to pull little things that I said from previous episodes into these episodes. You know, if you've been listening, you get to, you get a chance. So my picks last week were absolutely atrocious and I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> um, here are my picks this week. You know what? You ride with me. If I, oh, you miss, you miss. You can't hit them all, but this week we're going to hit them all. So here we go. First pick, similar to Craig's first pick. Um, I don't really have much reason why I like this pick, but I'm going to take the Browns plus six against the Titans. Um, my reasoning for this is I just think this, this game means so much more to the Browns. Baker Mayfield has been criticized and criticized his entire career. I think this is the game where he could really – this is a statement game for him. He's going into Tennessee. This game is a must win for Baker Mayfield. I'm taking them plus six because that the spread's good. I'll take the points. But mark my words, the Browns may win this game. I can't guarantee it because Baker Mayfield isn't that good. But I like the Browns to cover. Their defense is good. Miles Garrett is expected to be back. I think Tannehill's going to be running around like a chicken without a head. And Tennessee's defense is shaky. They've proven to be shaky. Jarvis Landry finally had a good week last week. Nick Chubb, potentially the best running back in football. I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. And they have, uh, what's his name? They're running running back down there, Kareem Hunt. He's great, too. So I'm going to take the points, six points. I think this could come down to the last possession, maybe even overtime. I'm not sure, but I'll take the Browns plus six. 
My next pick, standard, everyone should expect it. I'm going to take the black and gold, minus three against the Falcons. Exactly the same reason why I took them two weeks ago. Raheem Morris, I can't stand you. I hate you. I hope you listen to this. I'll give you my address. We could talk about it. I can't stand Raheem Morris. Sean Payton is on another planet. I think the coaching coaching mismatch is too large here. Taysom Hill is not making mistakes. In two starts, he has one turnover in each. Not bad for a player who's never played quarterback before. Um, this defense is on fire. Matt Ryan, last time they played eight sacks from the Saints defense. I think it's going to be a repeat this time. I don't see it happening. Uh, three points, like I said the last time they played, I thought five, six and a half was too. I thought six and a half was generous. I ended up dropping to three and a half. I think three points here is a joke. Give me the Saints minus three. Um, my next pick, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus three against the Rams. Um, I know I talked about this game earlier. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think both teams are going to come out hungry. They're both coming off losses. Coming off losses. I think this game has huge, huge, huge. Um, a huge part of the NFC playoff race, and I think the Cardinals need this win. They should have beat New England last week. It was kind of a disaster loss for them. They're getting three points against the Rams. Their offense is going to explode this week. Mark my words, they're going to score at least 28 to 32 points. Um, they're getting a field goal. I think this game's going to come down to the last drive, kind of like the Browns game will. Um, last team to possess the ball will win this game. I could see it being a field goal game, so I'll take the Cardinals. I'll take the points. And my last pick of the day, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus 10. I'm not going to go too in detail True. about this because there's only two words why I'm doing it. And it has nothing to do with you, Craig. It has nothing to do with Joe Judge. It really has nothing to do with much except for these two words, Colt McCoy. <laughs> um, the guy stinks. <laughs> he absolutely stinks. Russell Wilson's one of my favorite players ever. Um, look, minus 10, I think that's a joke. I think this defense is going to absolutely eat Colt McCoy. The pass rush is back. Carlos Dumlap looks good. Jamal Adams is getting back into his groove. I think they're going to annihilate the Giants this weekend. They need Daniel Jones back on the field. If Daniel Jones was playing, I would not make this pick. I was just going to ask you. I that. will not make this pick, but he is not playing. Colt McCoy is Seahawks minus 10. I think this could be like one of those real blowouts. So I'm he's, talking he's like, slowly getting the respect. He's getting respect. I'm talking like this game might be like 45-6. Like it's one of those games to me. I'll take the points. Do you know what I love about Seattle? Not this, like the picks, whatever. They're probably going to cover because Daniel Jones isn't playing. But I love how good teams, if you're in the thick of the race in the playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever. They, they they find solutions to their problems. You see it, Green Bay, weak defense, management doesn't do anything, they still get run on. Seattle, Carlos Dunlap, yeah. he has four sacks in four games for Seattle. Who did Three was it, was it Ari- He won that game when Arizona was driving to, to tie it up. He, he sacked Kyler Murray and won the game. I wouldn't doubt it. It's I crazy. just don't remember off the top of my yeah. head, but I wouldn't doubt it. But good teams... Like midseason, you have till week eight, week nine for the mm-hmm. trade deadline. They mm-hmm. make moves, they solve their problems. Mm-hmm. That's what championship teams do. Couldn't so you, agree lo- more. you love the Quan Alexander signing. Yeah, but has he done anything? Bro, him and Demario Davis, I think they're the two highest graded linebackers since like I know Davis together. is sick. I just They've haven't heard going, Alexander's name uh, much. From everything I'm reading, they're like the top graded duo in the league since he came, which is crazy. Yeah, so like Very the Saints exciting. are in the thick of it too, so you yep. make changes. And oh, there's right. no surprise you took to minus three this week, I'll tell you that. So just to confirm, you took Saints minus three at Falcons, Browns plus six at Titans, Cardinals plus three versus the Rams, and the Seahawks minus 10 versus the Giants. If you want to ride Rafa, hop on those four picks. Um, look, I appreciate your insight, but you know a lot of the things you say I just simply disagree with. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you why, Rafa. I know you, you're a big eye test guy. You like to bet with the heart, bet with the eyes. Um, I like to bet with the numbers, and I look at the stats – um, so I have a couple games this week that I absolutely love, a couple picks, and I'll walk you through exactly why. First game that I love is under 52 points in Indianapolis and the Houston Texans. 
Last week, Indy had a stinker. They allowed more points in the first half than any game that they've played this season, which juiced the total of this game about four or five points more than it actually should be. Let's just remember, no Fuller, no Bradley Roby. This screams Indy bounce back game. Additionally, Houston in their last five, sorry, in their last six home games, five of those six have gone under, especially in the Deshaun Watson-led offense. They've actually really struggled at home. Um, let alone the fact that Indy is dominant against the spread when playing in Houston. They're 7-0-1 in their last eight. And when Indy wins, they make stops. I don't think Phil Rivers is going to be able to walk in, throw for 35 points. I see this game being about 28-17. I love Indy in this game, and you'll hear about it soon. But the better pick here is the under. There will not be more than 52 points. The next game I love, and the reason why I gave a couple little chirp-chirp to Rafa, (laughs) is I love the Rams minus three at the Cardinals, and I'll tell you exactly why. Statistically, the Rams dominate in Arizona. They're 6-0 and straight up in their last six games. Um, and Arizona's just been struggling. 1-4 in their last five against the spread. But let's just talk about the defense. I think this is Aaron Donald time to shut it down. Leonard Floyd, I, I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to be able to do what he does. And I really think that this is an opportunity for Jalen Ramsey to shut down Hopkins. Look, I think, I think there'll be points. I like the over, but I, I genuinely think this is a time where Goff's going to come in and play a good game. Like we said, Good coaches and good teams make adjustments midseason. This is a Sean McVay moment to say, you know what? Like, we are not making this mistake. We're not having a stinker back-to-back weeks. They're going to win this game, and it's going to be more, But if they did make three. adjustments, they'd get rid of Goff. Oh, they haven't I, done that yet. Yeah, I'm not a big Goff fan, but honestly, he, he doesn't seem to struggle, like, back-to-back games. He usually plays really well off a bad game. So look for him to have a good game. You know, Akers is coming back. Henderson's looking good. I like this game. My, my other pick of the week that I love, and I can't believe I'm going back to this team because they screwed me on my lock ticket about two weeks ago, is the Minnesota Vikings at home versus the Mike Glennon-led Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to take the Vikings by nine and a half, and I'll tell you why. Qualitatively, this is a must-win game. <laughs> <laughs> this is a must-win game for them to keep their p- playoff push alive. But when we look at the stats, the Jags' D is a nightmare. They're ranked 29th against the rush and 30th against the pass. Dalvin is licking his lips at this opportunity. And let's just talk about the Vikings' offense at home. It's been absolutely fantastic. The over in in their games have hit seven straight home games, and this is mainly due to the Vikings by averaging more than 27 points. Let me just repeat that. Mike Glennon is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is not going to put up points. I'll give you the stat of the day, and this is the one that really drives it home for me. The Vikings rank number one in the NFL in yards per play, whereas the Jacksonville Jaguars defense ranks dead last in the exact same category. So I expect a long touchdown from Justin Jefferson, a long screen pass from Dalvin. They're just going to have chunk plays, tons of first downs, tons of opportunities for Kirk. I genuinely think this could be a 15 to 16 point game. Zimmer has also just dominated against the spread against AFC opponents, 8-2 and two in his last 10. Guys, the stats scream yes. The gut screams yes. It's time for Kirk Cousins time in Minnesota, baby. So just to recap, under 52 in Indy Texans, Rams minus 3 at the Arizona Cardinals, and the Vikings at home taking care of business, minus 9, 9.5 versus the Jags. I love talking picks, and I also love talking locks, and that means it's time for the morning tilt lock mm. ticket. Every person on this podcast has an opportunity to take one game. It can be an over, an under, against a spread. It can be how many donuts you're eating tonight. As long as it hits, I don't care. We talk locks, and it starts now. This is your ticket of the weekend, and I'm going to start with you, Rafa. 
Okay, so um, yeah, last week was a mess. Um, I took the Dallas Cowboys. I'll never make that mistake again. Um, this week I'm going to go with a pick I already gave you. Um, Corey, you have great stats. I love your stats. Um, but I really, you said it perfectly. I'm, I'm an eye test guy. I, I, I go with my heart and I go with my eyes. And I go with two words. And I've said them before. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is playing a football game. I'm going to take the other team. 10 points, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of 10 points. If this game was 16 and a half, I'd seriously consider it. I'm going to take the Seahawks minus 10 versus the Giants. I said it before. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a annihilation on a football field. I think the final score is going to be 45-6. If I get, <laughs> if I get that right, if I get that right, we're going to have to do something special next week on the podcast because the final score is 45-6. Seattle, wow. book it. Um. Yeah, like I can't disagree with you no matter how much I want to because the Giants are in the thick of the NFC's playoff race. But I watched last week when Daniel Jones got hurt, and after my heart attack when he got hurt, it was a, just a nightmare. He couldn't move the ball at all. Colt McCoy, no matter what Jason Garrett called, he was just a nightmare. He couldn't throw the ball. Even like when he was handing the ball off, it was a little awkward. Um. So yeah, I I totally back that uh, that pick as much as I don't want to. My lock here. Um, I'm going right back to the well with the Chargers. Um, I think this team just scores, scores, and scores, and I think that's a weakness of the Patriots. Like I mentioned, they've only scored 25 points twice this season, and I think Herbert at home is a great spot for points. I think Austin Eckler back is a great um, security blanket for him in the screen game. He has all his weapons in the receiving core, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams. Again, the only thing that is going to stop this pick from hitting, that's Chargers ML, is an Anthony Lynn utter disaster. Last week was terrifying to watch. That goal line QB rush with no timeouts and five seconds on the clock, that was just a, a nightmare. He is just a total joke. If there is no viral play, like I said, this should be a smash pick, Chargers at home, to win the game against the Patriots. I love it. I, I, I don't think New England has what it takes, especially to win back-to-back games. Um, I'm going to go right back to where I started um, in that indie game, and I mentioned a ton of stats about why I just believe this is Indy's week to have a bounce back. My lock of the week is the Indianapolis Colts minus three when visiting the Houston Texans. I know it's a divisional game, and I usually like to dodge those. But again, the Texans are super banged up. Uh, you know, they're totally out of the hunt, in my opinion. I don't think they can go nine and seven and squeak in. This is a huge bounce back game for a decent Indianapolis offense and a top tier defense. Leonard's going to play big. They're going to have exceptional coverage on the outside, and they don't have really any weapons in terms of the, the Texans. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball that well. I predict, uh, you know, a 12-point win, uh, maybe 11. I, I said uh, in my predictions, 28-17 Colts. Um, lock it in. So when we think about the lock ticket, we have the Indianapolis Colts minus three, the Seattle Seahawks minus 10, and Chargers in a pick em. That ticket's going to pay nice, over 550 bucks uh, when it comes to uh, those three picks parlayed. We have a huge opportunity to make some money. These picks are going to hit. We can't wait. And let me just say, Tilters, um, you know, what an episode, what a talk today. We really appreciate it. I do have to give a shout out to all of our Tilters. We have almost 1,000 listens. Wow. Um, tons of unique listeners. We appreciate it from Spain, from the UK, from the US. Um, you know, people are tuning in all across the world, and we're only just having more fun and, and getting bigger. So, we, we love you guys. We appreciate it. Please follow us and support us on Twitter and Instagram. You can see us at The Morning Tilt. Give us some love. Good luck this Sunday, and let's get it. And to all our Spanish listeners, in España, te veo la próxima semana. <laughs>